if you're painting what you love, then you're motivated. You've got to remember that the whole painting process is not an act of creation, it's an act of uh, correction. So it means you can be fearless. Welcome to Season 5 of Spotlight, the Meet the Talent series. Join us as we chat with industry professionals who will be leading some of the arts programs on offer in 2021 for teachers and students. Today we are joined by renowned Australian artist Nick Stephopoulos. Nick has been a finalist in the Archibald and Doug Moran Portrait Prize many times and has been awarded the People's Choice for in 2016 for the Archibald Portrait Deng. After having completed an arts law degree, Nick went on to develop a diverse art career that spans from illustration, computer game design, filmmaking and sculpture. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Through my research, I've discovered a few things about you, Nick, which are quite interesting. I did discover you didn't choose art as a subject. You also didn't study it as a degree after school, yet you chose to take a career in it. What made you go down the artist path? I was always painting and drawing and making things. In fact, I won my first art competition when I was in kindergarten. Okay, so how did you find your feet in such a difficult industry? Well, I, th- I think it's getting harder, actually, because there's so many practitioners out there. And also the, the avenues of where your work can be utilised seem to be reducing in some ways. I always diversified. So one of the things I always did was have many doors open. I worked in the film industry, so I used to do storyboards or cycloramas. Cycloramas are the big paintings behind sets. So I did them for commercials and video clips. I made prop. I did matte paintings. Matte paintings are paintings that are incorporated into a scene. Traditionally, if you wanted, say, a castle on a hill, they could be painted on glass or double exposed or... I still occasionally do these for for a friend. I work with a friend and he makes short films. And So you're quite diverse in what you offer in terms of the arts and you are quite a regular in the Arts World Prize. Congratulations on this year's Thank you. Yep. What do you think is your career highlight? Well, look, there are things that stick in your mind. I worked, I art directed a, a special that was on SBS back in 1989 called Son of Romeo and that won me an Australian, a Penguin Award, which is an Australian television award for my um, production design and art direction. I think winning the People's Choice at the Archibald was my portrait of Deng, which was a hugely popular portrait. In fact, it was just recently featured in a series called Finding the Archibald on the ABC by Mint Pictures. So it's such a beautiful artwork and it almost looks lifelike. Your work is hyper-realistic, is that correct? It's correct. You know, a lot of people think that the work is photographic. It's not. Deng, for instance, if you looked at a photograph of Deng, he tends to be um, almost a silhouette. He's that dark. So you have to try and create the dimension using light. And I fake that. I mean, you could obviously have such a talent to just have that realistic, hyper-realistic style. But your portraits actually have life and character and personality. How do you create that? I start off with using a lot of uh, sketching. It always starts with drawing. Then you get together with your sitter and you work it all out. And you do take, I do take photos, mainly from different perspectives because, you know, I sculpt so I can think in three dimensions. Having the three-dimensional images like the side or the profile or a high angle or a low angle, you get a sense of the architecture of someone's face. 
And during the painting process, the sitter comes in and I work with the sitter. Deng sat for me for four months. So he would come in and I would, he would literally sit in front of the painting and I would go, right, here's a, a scar on his face. And then I would draw that in and paint that in. And I love her sitting at the very end when the painting is 99.9% completed. How do you choose who you're going to paint and what's the motivation behind the next painting? Oh, boy. There are a couple of aspects to this. You've got to remember the Archibald is a kind of a strategic exhibition. It's a popular exhibition. So the trustees do look for subjects that are in the public's eye at the time. It is a snapshot of what's happening in society. So Mm -hmm. if you find someone that's very current, Deng was brilliant. He won uh, Australian of the Year New South Wales, and he almost won Australian of the Year overall. He was a perfectly timed subject. Sometimes they're people that I've always wanted to paint. They have very interesting faces. Um, David Stratton was one, you know, I, I, that you kind of, if there's someone you like on TV, they, they kind of become buddies, even though you've never met them. So that's one. The other one is like opportunistic as well. So I painted well, last year's Archibald, a singer called Nairi, and a couple of doors up from where I live is a composer's residency. And she was there during lockdown. She was trapped. She's she's not (laughs) getting away from me. The the funny thing is, Nairi and her husband and her son, we became friends before all of this, before the portrait was even contemplated. And we got invited over for a salon where she was singing. And that's where she was wearing the headdress and the amazing dress that I painted her in. So at that point, I went, oh, my God, she'd make a terrific subject. Let's go to your early days. In my research, I found out that colour TV was a big deal for you Mm. and inspired some of your art making. How do you think technology nowadays has impacted on your art making or on the art making that is existing or the lack of art making that is existing in students today? The TV thing, let me explain that for for people out there because... (laughs) Okay, we're going back to 1975 when colour was first introduced. And, you know, they were very expensive things and very desirable. I was desperate for a colour television. So I entered all these competitions to win a colour TV, art competitions, colouring. There were a lot of colouring competitions at the time. Anyway, I entered all of these things. They go out into the ether. And I won a colour television. And then like two two weeks later, I won a second colour television. So not only were we the first ones on the block with one TV, we had two. Technology, now I use technology. And why wouldn't you use technology? Because we're living in the 21st century. So when I'm working on, say, a portrait, I will take, say, the, the sketches I did. I will put them into Photoshop. I will bring in some of the photos that I took. I would compose, recompose the photographs. Um, I would relight them. I can change the lighting. I can change the colour. I can move the figure around and I can work out a perfect composition in terms of my original layout. And I can play around with colour so I can change the background. It reduces the guesswork that I would normally do on the final painting. Also, it reduces the amount of repainting that I do because you've got to remember that, you know, a prize like the Archibald, if you're painting a a work that takes maybe two or three months or in Deng's case, four months, you've got to remember that there's no money coming in, there's no income, right? And then the painting might not even get harmed. 
So I use technology in a way that saves me a lot of effort and time in the final painting process, because the last thing you want to do, especially when you're painting so detailed, is realise, oh, my nose is in slightly the wrong place. I have to shift it half a centimetre. So it saves me repainting. It means the backgrounds I can play around with colour and work out the ideal colour. There are a lot of benefits to using Photoshop or something like that. So I try and get the layout and the composition. I'm a composition freak. I think it's really important to get a composition right. So I spent a lot of time nudging, you know, a figure around in the space. So I work out the size of the final canvas and then I'll play around and position them in the exact spot that I want them. How much do you think scale has to do with your types of portraits? Yeah, scale is really important. Especially with the Archibald, people think the painting has to be absolutely monumental. No, it doesn't. And I've, a lot of my paintings now have come down in scale. Deng was big only because in that case, I wanted an in-your-face painting. I wanted him to be really a, a really strong connection between the viewer and the sitter. So that was designed consciously to be very close up on his face. You could see all the scars and all the trauma that he'd been through. So in that case, scale was very critical. I think if they get too big, they can be monstrous, they can be inhuman, and you kind of can lose the humanity in a portrait. Okay, here's an interesting question. If you had an opportunity to collaborate with any artist, past or present, who would you choose? Wow. Look, when I was a teenager, I saw there was a TV show on by Sir Kenneth Clarke called Romantic Art versus Classic Art. And they dedicated an entire episode to a French artist called Jean-Auguste Dominique Ingres. It's a weird pronunciation of his name. It's I-N-G-R-E-S. And they, there were close-ups of, like I can, I can show you now, there were close-ups of the paintings and of the rings on the women's fingers and on the clothes they were wearing. And I just couldn't understand how someone could paint so beautifully, so realistically. And I always wanted to paint like Ankh. So I think a lot of my work kind of harks back to that level of reality. Definitely, he would be and he would be at the dinner table for sure. I love Lucian Freud. I've been reading a lot about him. There are lots of books about him at the moment. I think I like the person a great deal. He's actually not a nice guy, <laughs> but he's so fascinating. Um, and I love the way he paints in such a muscular way. It's totally nothing like the way I paint. So that's good. Yeah, it's a tough one. Filmmakers, I'd love to have, say, Stanley Kubrick at the table too. Yeah. What is the best advice you've ever gotten? And what would you give to budding artists? I think it probably was painting what you painting what you love. I think that's the best advice because if you're painting what you love, then you're motivated and there's nothing worse than, you know, having to, it shouldn't be a chore. What I I do tell people now is, especially people go, oh, it's so hard when you're starting and there's a big white canvas there and, you know, how do you start? And I go, well, you've got to remember that the whole painting process is not an act of creation. It's an act of uh, correction. You're constantly correcting. So if you know that the first application of paint is going to be bad, yep. right? you're constantly fixing it as you go, it means you can be fearless. It means you're, you're not burdened by the fear of like, ah, you just slap the paint on and you know it's going to, you know it's going to be wrong. So knowing that's going to be wrong means that you just get in there and you just start making it work. 
And that's all it is. And hyperrealism, in a way, is not knowing when to stop, right? So you can keep working and keep working and keep finessing. Probably that's the, the biggest lesson, trying to learn when to stop. I still haven't really learned. It's really <laughs> a hard one. And what advice would you give to, say, for instance, HSC students who are about to start their body of work? What advice would you give them in terms of where do I start? Yeah, I had this problem. I, was, uh, I had an exhibition. And I had to come up with a body of work for that. It's like, what do I do? And a friend of mine just said, she said, Nick, paint what you love. And I immediately knew what to paint. So I think that's what it is. Paint what brings you joy because you're going to be working on this stuff for a while, for a long time. So paint a subject, sculpt a subject or make a film about a subject that you're passionate about and that you love and that you can live with and you can hang on the wall. And my last question is just for my interest. Did you ever do anything with your law degree? Yes, in that uh, I used to work, I was a member of the Illustrators Association. There were, I used to do their contracts, so the illustrators would have issues with co contractual issues. I would deal with that. Uh, copyright issues. Although I didn't practice law, I did, I did go through the College of Law and I was admitted. Probably the, the only real um, practical use was helping others with their contracts and intellectual property issues. So quite often I have students or I've had students who have actually got to that crossroad at HSC time and said, oh, well, I really love my art, but then I really want to become a lawyer, uh, whatever. What, would, what advice would you give them in terms of being at that crossroad, the path they should take? The way I see it, I don't think any learning is wasted. So was my time at Macquarie Uni wasted? No, because it armed me with a whole bunch of stuff that and experiences so any kind of learning is a good thing don't ever think that um, something might be wasted or might be the wrong direction do it if it's not right it's not the end of the world so it rounds you out as a as a person your artwork will take you places and allow you to meet the most amazing people and that's a great way to end this and I just want to say a massive thank you for joining us today and yep. giving us some insight. We do look forward to actually having you with our Q&A in yep. our virtual incursion coming up soon and people knowing more about the fascinating person that you are, Nick. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been fantastic. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you.